From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rivals, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU sports lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tapped. I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. We're here for our Sunday edition, 303. Man, it's hard to believe that we celebrated 300 last Sunday, and we just keep moving. And I got the dream team in together today. Man, we didn't got Charles Bishop back in. He even snuck back in town. You know, one of the hardest working men in the business of uh, <laughs> HBC sports, I must say. And we got the dream team in regards to BJ Jones, the football analyst expert, whichever one you want to call. He he just has <laughs> all that with his HBCU Top 5 Tuesdays that drives everybody mad. But I love it because it creates the conversation that we need to have. So that's important. Uh, and week to week, you'll find out oftentimes uh, he's pretty good at what he does. <laughs> with that being said, we have another team with us that always gets you ready that Sunday night as you get into things for the week. They with us bright and early Sunday morning. How about that? That is Brian and A.D. Uh, sports wrap. We're going to break down what happened on Saturday. We have a lot of action, so let's get it right into it. Welcome to episode 303 inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. Your show is covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports for your institutions, large and small. From NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic program in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Fidel, along with my co-host, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live. Case Waste 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, 
THU agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Let's just go run it through. Albany State, Golden Rams, top team. We, we'll probably have a new one this week. They lost uh, this past weekend, but Langston keeps winning. Fayetteville State Broncos, they lost. Bowie State lost. Virginia Union probably had the win of the weekend with a major upset. Mm. Oddly enough, it was against Valdosta State, who's led by HBC alumni, so that's scary. Benedict Tigers, they continue to win. Clark Atlanta dropped one. Central State Matadors, they dropped the first one from the SIAC in terms of CIAA matchup. CIAA got it in. You have Fort Valley State Wildcats. They continue to win. Florida Memorial Lions lost again. So we'll give you a little more about that. In terms of the major division, Jackson State Tigers continue to win. They didn't put up all the points, but it might be the skies. And we'll see what these gentlemen say. What does that say about that game? Did Jackson State actually dominate? Or was that on one side of the ball? But they got it done. South Carolina State showed that maybe they should be back in the number one spot. We'll see this week. That releases on Tuesday. But they won. They pulled away late in that game. North Carolina Central, quietly, is that possible? Continues to do their thing. Alabama State Hornets went to UCLA and found out what the best – the West Coast has no love. Prairie Vian and Panthers, they let another one get away. This is the third time where we had a team on the ropes get away. Hampton Pirates, they win against Mother Tuskegee. Southern Jaguars, LSU, we know what that's about. Delaware State Hornets, they take a loss to their in-state rival, if you want to call it that. They hadn't won in such a long time. I'm scared to call it a rival. Alcorn State Braves, they go to uh, Tulane and just get beat up, surprising a lot of folks. Thought it might be a little closer not to be. Tennessee State Tigers, that top 10 matchup, we told you about that. They go down, but they go down fighting. Let's get into it, gentlemen. We'll talk about some other games and those things. Outside of the major matchups that we'll be talking about going with you bj jones what's on your mind what has your thoughts going down this weekend there are two teams that look significantly better week two than they looked in week one first alabama a&m going to troy man and actually led that game most of the first half put up a good fight man and if it wasn't for some miscues probably could have won that ball game um, they lose this. Uh, they lose that game by the score of thirty-eight to seventeen, but that was a close ball game. Alabama and them going down to Troy, and then Grambling State looked about as bad as you can look week one, and then turn around and look about as almost as good as you can look in week two. Uh, getting a big win against Northwestern State, um, really put it to them. Northwestern, you know, clawed back at the end, kind of make the score a little bit closer, but Grambling gets it done, forty-seven twenty-one against Northwestern State. So. Those are my two teams where I'm like, wow. Okay, here we go. Great point. I'm glad that you said that. Charles, I know you were literally in action, but did you catch anything? Or at least afterwards, I know you chop it up and scroll and look at scores. What was high on top of your list to say, hey, what about this? An out-of-conference win for Gremlin uh, versus Northwestern State. That was the one that jumped out at me, uh, that 47-21 score. And then kind of when you take a look at the stat line, I was like, okay, now what happened during this second quarter where Grambling exploded for 27 points? So that was the big one for me, uh, taking a look at uh, what Grambling did in week one and then to come back. And you know how we always love to see these out-of-conference wins, especially for the SWAT. That was, uh, that was one, you know, whether wherever Northwestern State is in, in the pantheon in their conference, good win for Grambling. 
True, true. Brian, next up, what were your thoughts this weekend? What came to your mind? What stood out? Well, uh, it, it was a uh, it was a great weekend to sort of get right. Uh, for example, you know, uh, Florida A&M finally able to get a win, continue the uh, longest home winning streak now with 11 wins uh, against a very good Albany State team. I mean, that is a Division One level defense. I mean, I don't, they may not have the depth, but that defense is good. So, you know, the Rattlers will take that 23-13 win and hold their head up, and it's a good time for a bye week. And then I'm thinking about that Virginia Union win over the number two team in the country. And I just, I, I put this out there and I wonder, is this the biggest HBCU football win over a PWI since dot, dot, dot? Y'all tell me, I don't know, you know, because the number two team in the country, has anybody beaten the number one or two in the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years? This might be a bigger win than we realize. So uh, I know who might be zooming up to number one on my poll. When I get a poll, I'm just saying that now. But, you know, I, <laughs> that was a big win for Union. That's all I can say. Big win. Man, I like the way you think and love that you can go into the Division two rounds. That was a shock and that was a big one. I like the way you put out the question. And we might have to flirt throughout the show and see if anybody can come up with it. That being said, uh, A.D., what are your thoughts in terms of this weekend, week number two? What stood out for you? SIAC West went O for the weekend. All five teams in the SIAC West took an L this weekend. Some of them were competitive. Some of them were not competitive. And the other thing is, fellas, when is the last time that you guys went to a football game that lasted less than that not only less than three hours, but less than two and a half hours as the Kentucky state and Fort Valley game was officially at two twenty nine games. I was about to say it had to be a Kentucky state game, Kentucky state, Fort Valley, <laughs> two hours and 29 minutes. And in this game, fellas combined, these teams rushed the ball 83 <laughs> times combined. Mm-hmm which you rushed the ball 83 times, you're going to get a fast game nine, nine times out of 10. Just on, just on the flip side of that, uh, Kentucky State was four for seven passing. <laughs> Fort Valley, 15 for 22 passing. All and right. I, 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 in my D2.com article, I said the over and under on pass attempts was 25. I would have lost, but it was still a close number as it was 32 pass attempts in the entire game. Mm. Beautiful breakdown on all the guys. See why you tune in Sunday morning? They're going to get you in spots that you just did not consider or certainly a way that you would look at it. Let me give a shout out for those that have joined us. Uh, always Chad Cooper, Chuck Hunt, uh, Karen Griffin, Jimmy Wilson. I thought we had that one. Yeah, a lot of Panthers are shaking their head. It's going to walk around with the chest all up. That first half had people singing all kinds of songs, even into the third quarter. But I guess that's why they play for it, B.J. Jones. Not to be, not to be. Edwin D. Moore, uh, Jimmy, is in there talking about Grambling beats FCS Northwest State. Yep, we share that love. Langston wins against Texas College, took him to the wedge. Woodshed Karen, they keep just getting it done over there 
it shouldn't be quiet anymore, but we'll keep letting people know the story of Langston Lines. Thomas Einstein Maddox, Dwayne Martin, shout out. Anthony Mackey, keep them coming, keep them coming. Appreciate you all. Let's take our first break. We'll come back and we'll get into some of these matchups. We'll get into the mid-major matchups, specific games that we had to look at over Tuesday and Thursday. And then on the second half of that show, we'll get into the major division matchups and we'll talk about some of the things that you can consider in week three. Let's take our first break. We'll be right back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yesler and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Gaville inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Man, those breaks are nice when you get into the discussion. BJ Jones, you want to put something out there that might be beat or at least be equivalent? 
on the FCS level? What, what were you saying in there about another top 10 matchup that went the HBCU way? Oh, man, 2019, uh, Wofford came to Orangeburg, South Carolina, and was uh, defeated by the South Carolina State Bulldogs. They were ranked number nine, number nine in the country. And the thing about that year is Wofford went on to win the SOCON, uh, ended up going to the playoffs, and South Carolina State ended up getting snubbed out of the playoffs. Yeah, I remember that. A lot of people were not happy in the terms of the HBC world, uh, thinking that South Carolina State should have got in there. Um, South Carolina State had a pretty solid year, uh, missed out on the playoffs by a game. I mean, missed out on the celebration bowl by a game and then missed out on the playoffs after being ranked. It, it was crazy. Let's get into these matchups like this. Let's start with the uh, mid-major classic game of the week. That was number nine, Fort Valley State, who goes to 2-0, 1-0 in the conference race. Kentucky State Thoroughbreds go to 0-2-0-1. You teased this out a little bit, A.D., Drew, in terms of the time of this game. But I'm going to go to you, Charles, first. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? And then we'll let Drew tie it in a boat. Yeah, I think Drew talked about the uh, over-under on the, on the pass attempts in this game being right, right at 25. And uh, looking at the stats, they were just over 25. Man, <laughs> I would have taken that action on that. Gee whiz. But, uh, you know, great win for Fort Valley. Um, and, and you take a look at what they were able to get done. Uh, starting off the season 2-0. and So let's see if the Fort Valley Wildcats make a little noise this season uh, uh, over there in the SIAC. Oh, Drew, what are your thoughts outside of the time limit framework of this game? What else did you think about this matchup? Look, that there are about three teams, three or four teams that have tough running games in the SIAC. Fort Valley has gone from – what has been a pass-first team to a rush-first team, it looks like, this year. Mixing Kentucky State, Albany State, and Savannah State. And watch out for Clark with, with their running game. Uh, Clark has a good three-headed monster up there in Atlanta. I was at that game this past Saturday. Uh, what you may start seeing in the SIAC also under three-hour games, so media people. Make sure that you get your get get your breaks in early. Get your get your obligations in early because you may not get those that extra time to get those uh <laughs> those free ad buys in on some of these SIAC games because half your conference loves to rush the ball. So it's gonna be a good contrast of style in the SIAC this year. I'm gonna stick with you, Drew. I want to get a little love for the NIA, so I'm gonna go with Lane Snow. They're number two in the poll. Um. I think they might find a way to number one. I know Brian says not so fast. Uh, he's thinking probably Virginia Union needs that spot. But anyway, they did what they're supposed to do against Texas College Steers. They go to 2-0 uh, in terms of the conference play. Uh, and overall, they just continue to chug. Talk a little bit about the Langston Lions as they coached by Coach Morgan. Charles knows a little bit of something about Coach Morgan, but he is just pushing – What's going on? And I personally don't think this team will be denied like they were last year, how they felt mm. late. I think they're focused, talking about another team that may be focused. We'll save that to the second half of the show. What are your thoughts in terms of Langston, A.D.? Well, I, I want to co-side. As far as the BCSN sports rap goes, we're probably, if it was just the two of us voting in the poll, we're going to put Virginia Union at the number one <laughs> spot right now. No disrespect to Langston, but I can see that. I can see that. I think there's be, an argument there. You'd be the top to five it. team in uh, Division Two. Yeah, yeah. You're going you're gonna to get some love. But <laughs> th 
this Langston game against Texas College, Texas College actually won the statistical battle when it came to total offense, having uh, 417 versus 398. Where did Texas College lose this game? Four INTs, two fumbles. Mm-hmm. So uh, shout, shout out to the Langston defense for being the difference in this game. You take those you take those turnovers away, this is a very even matchup. So has Langston transformed from a team that's going to try to outscore you to a team that's going to take the ball away from you and create opportunities for their potent Langston offense? That's, as, as Mike Bosch likes to say, that's the data point that we need to be analyzing right now when it comes to Langston Lions. I like that, like that. Shout out to Jimmy Wilson. Great point. He said HBCU. He thought HBCU go did a good job in, with first game. Charlie Neal is better than Jay Walker. Hmm, interesting. We're going to get the challenge between the two. Hey, man, Jay Walker can't even save himself by putting on a Jackson State cap. Nah, it is what it is. Uh, Jay Walker did. <laughs> Charlie Neal's a legend. Play, you got to leave play the game there. And people may not realize Jay Walker is the play-by-play. He's not the actual announcer. There's two different roles. So let's compare apples to apples. But I get what you're saying with that love. And the more important point was HBCU Go. I think they did an excellent broadcast. It was good to see that you could catch it on linear television. Uh, shout outs for that. Only thing I ask is to put up the clicker if they can do that uh, score. I think we got us a winner there. But with that being said, let me go to BJ Jones and Brian uh, Fulford in terms of looking at this mid-major CIAA matchup, it featured Elizabeth City State coming in at 0-2. Livingston Blue also with uh, Blue Bears, I should say, coming in uh, with a loss. And I should say Elizabeth State came in with one loss. They go to 0-2 as Livingston gets it done 1-1. The Blue Bears defeat Vikings in the 2022 down East Class 19-0, get that big CIAA win. Uh, sticking with you, B.J. Jones, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Now, Livingstone was a team, man, that my people in the CIAA were, were talking about, man. They had positive momentum coming into the season. We talked about the blue turf. Looks like they're investing more in the athletic facilities. And they were looking uh, to have that uh, to reflect on the field. Livingstone, they got the win. Um, they got a big win. It's a conference win, a rivalry win. And this is how you want to start your season if you're Livingstone. Uh, you look at the back, the back end of that schedule, man, it gets a little bit tougher for them. But they have a few games to kind of get the wheels going before um, they start rolling on uh, up on some of the Bowie states uh, in the Fayetteville states of the world. Oh, yeah. Good point, Brian. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, I remember when we talked about this on Thursday, Doc, how I've kind of pointed out that uh, this series really had sort of been owned by ECSU, but 2019, 2021, Livingstone had closed the gap after a series of bad losses, six in a row. And so I guess they have completely turned the corner. I mean, when you shut when you shut them out, I mean, listen, shut out, 19-0. I mean, you can't you can't get any better than that. So I mean a big win for Livingstone. And uh who knows? This this series might be going the other direction. And uh, hey, look. This is where Elizabeth City was getting their one to two wins a season. So, I, you know, I go back and look at the schedule, and now ECSU's got to be wondering, okay, where are we going to get number one? Where are we going to get win number two at? I mean, because now that you've lost to Livingstone, 
Johnson C. Smith is still out there, I guess. I don't know who you're going to get that win from, but maybe Lincoln PA. Lincoln PA. I don't know. It's going to be a tough they season. Down the stakes, so. yeah, see, look, that's a problem. So <laughs> it's going to be tough in the CIAA down at the bottom. Yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be tough. I like that great point. Uh, Elizabeth City Street trying to figure out where they're going to get that win. I'm going to stick with you, Brian, for the number six team in the mid-major. That's Benedict Tigers at Lane Dragons. I was really excited about this matchup because it was a big one. Early season uh, between the two divisions, uh, teams that were looking to make a statement early, and it was Benedict Tigers that make the statement. Brian, what are your thoughts on this matchup? This this was the game I was looking forward to. This was, I felt like, a separation SIEC game. I mean, I hate to say that so early in the year, but, you know, uh, these are two good teams, I believe. And I'm a, Drew said earlier that Texas College had, what, four interceptions and two fumbles? Is that what you said, Drew? Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to see your four interceptions and two fumbles, and I'm going to raise you with six interceptions and no, oh, excuse me, six fumbles and two interceptions by Lane. And Benedict had three fumbles on their own. So, look, when you turn the ball over, Wait, is that it, 11, Brian? 11 no, uh, in total, two? yes, in total, okay. 11 turnovers. And Benedict wins it by five. Now, and, and, and they get the 14 0 win. So, it wasn't pretty, but you know, when you win the turnover battle by five, uh, you, you get a chance to walk out of there with a with a shutout, and so props to Benedict. And uh, now, now you know they they clearly start turning their eyes towards the season and and uh, that Albany State game coming up in mid October. One side mm-hmm. ball, the, today. One, the other one to keep your eyes on. Go ahead, Drew, quick. One side ball that was a, a another non conference conference matchup in the SIAC as they gave it that count for either one of those teams. It, just two conference foes getting it on. Sidebar, those drive me crazy. I know we got one coming up this week with Jackson Grammar, but still, I just uh, I get it, but I never mind. BJ Jones, what were your thoughts on this Benedict Tigers and Lane uh, Dragons? Hey, remember a year ago, these were two teams in the SIAC that made some noise early, especially Lane, you know, and Kenneth Berry going up to Benedict. It started off hot, kind of that fills it off there at the end. So, man, this was about, man, who could establish themselves as a legitimate contender. And, man, shout out to Coach Chinnis Berry and, and, and the Benedict Tigers, man. They got it done. They didn't get it done pretty. But at this point, man, you just want to get it done. And, and the biggest thing for them, man, they're 2-0, and man, and sitting pretty. Now that you got to keep and keep that and stay consistent and don't die out towards the middle and end of the season like they did a year ago. Yeah, one last thing. I'm going to throw it to you, Charles. I just want you to talk a little bit about Coach Morgan over there with the Langston. What are your thoughts in terms of what he gets done? I'd be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to kind of uh, let the people know that don't already know. DJ Khaled said it best. All he does is win, win, win. That's what he does. Uh, you talk about building that program over there at Langston, and, and his name is always one of those names that pops up on these uh, – you know, uh, HBC coaching uh, shortlist. Um, uh, everybody recognizes what he's doing over there in Langston. He gets it done year in, year out. And they're always in the mix uh, when you talk about a, a hard-nosed, uh, smart football team that gets it done week in, week out. Great way to close out this segment. This is Dr. Mill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back after this second break. We'll get into the second half where it gets – Hot and heavy. We'll get into the major divisions and talk to some of these big games. A lot of them on television. 
I had three my iPads out and the big screen. So yeah, it was one of those weekends where I just got to sit back and catch it all <laughs> in. <laughs> I had Deuce running around trying to figure out which game he wanted to watch uh, of the iPad. So it was fun. We'll be right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that and root about. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Mike Washington is out on assignment, so we have none other than Charles Bishop, Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and B.J. Jones giving us some updates on what took place on Saturday. Week two, man, I'm scared, man. It's going by too fast. It's going by too fast. You wait for it, and then when it hits, it rolls. But we're ready for it. We have the number one Jackson State Tigers against number 10 Tennessee State Tigers. 
this was a top 10 matchup, and it lived up to it in a lot of ways, at least on defense, most will say. Uh, Jackson State moves to 2-0. They get it done uh, as Tennessee State falls to 0-2, probably one of the better 0-2 teams out there if there's a such a thing. I'll leave that to the gurus. We'll start with Charles Bishop. Go ahead and tell me you on the sidelines sneak in a couple of films of the halftime show. I appreciate that because I already know who I'm selecting, who won that. Oh, Tennessee State. I mean, they come in, they take the double zero. I tell everybody that already. But hmm. we'll debut that whole uh, band marching sport on uh, Friday. We had a couple of those this year. Last week it was uh, Fam you and the March 100 taking the double O's. I don't know what's up with Jack State Band, the Sonic Boom, but they look like they're coming out of vengeance. I know they were ranked two last year with Southern getting it done, but I heard the football team was hungry. It also sounds like the band is hungry, too. But, Charles, talk about the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you take a look at this game, first and foremost, uh, you take your hats off, Tennessee State's defense. Uh, uh, they made a concerted effort to uh, keep everything in front of them, and they were physical. They came up and they laid that. So I, I, that was the first thing that uh, – that jumped out uh, at me with regards to Tennessee State. Uh, and they, you know, did a great job of forcing turnovers. Jackson State, uh, they were able to move the ball, I thought, efficiently uh, up and down the field, but they bogged down in the red zone. And then they had three red zone turnovers. So uh, that was uh, one of those things that jumped out at me. But uh, this Jackson State defense, it is it's special. I keep telling a lot of the uh, old heads at Jackson State when they t- started talking about greatest defenses they ever saw. It, it, it always goes back to the 1987 team with those guys. But this defense has that potential to really overtake them because it's a feeding frenzy. When one person makes a play, you know, it becomes this this something on the sideline. I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to, you know, I, I got to get to the quarterback. So uh, Niles Gaddy had a huge game uh, last night. I think he had four and a half sacks if I'm not mistaken but uh they really made a schematic change uh during the course of the game uh where they really started attacking a particular gap and it, it shut down Tennessee State's uh, inside zone run and I thought, I thought that was huge I thought defensive coaches made a, a tactical decision to make a, a couple of changes during the course of the game and it was uh, huge in terms of stopping Devon Starlin, who is, uh, I think, a one heck of a running back. I mean, he fights through tackles, but uh, that Jackson State defense, they kept pounding and pounding and pounding, and they would not let Draylon Ellis get outside of the pocket. If he was going to beat them, he was going to have to do it inside the pocket, and he was running for his life all night there in the second half. I think they ran 27 plays in the second half or net, uh, net minus three yards. So this Jackson State defense is something special. You talking about going back to '87? Hell, I thought the 2021 20, team defense was pretty good, and they're outpacing that. Brian, jump in here and tell me what are your thoughts on this Tennessee State Jack State matchup? Okay. You've seen it live the first weekend, and now you get to see it on TV again. And and they they I I think the score the score is misleading because you look at the score and you may say, oh, it was a close game, or oh, you know, th- th- this game was not close. Like Charles just said. They had three three possessions where you turned the ball over. Then they had three possessions in the red zone that should have been touchdowns, but you end up with field goals. And then after giving up uh, a field goal in the first first drive to Tennessee State, punt, 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 punt. Game over. Taking me. That's what they. I mean, literally nine straight punts. And, it, and Charles just told you what they did in the second half. Negative, I mean, 
And look, I, they, they gave up 140 total yards, which was better than what they did. Y'all thought they dominated FAMU with 155 total yards? Nah, they only allowed 140. It's scary. This is this is scary. I don't know about the history of Jackson State, great defenses and all that, but uh, I'm going to be listening to Charles talk about it because this is a scary defense. It, it does feel like I felt this way watching FAMU's defense last year. Um, and, and you start talking about, you know, historical references. Uh, I'm going to be looking forward to, to following Jackson State's historical place because already this team, like you just said, Doc, is trending better than last year's very good defense. Well, we see what we're going to be watching this year, B.J. Jones, who's scoring on Jackson State. With that, let's go to the MEAC a little bit and look at the MEAC versus the Colonial matchup, Morgan State Bears, Townsend Tigers. Uh, HBCU versus another one that was historically white college, another one that uh, HBCU let get away, very competitive in the city rival. Uh, talk about that if you want to put a tease in there before you get into that on the Jackson State, Tennessee State. You're welcome to do that as well. Hey, as far as Jackson State, dark side might be back. Out of the dark side defense, <laughs> just might be back. All right. Oh, um, don't tell the world that. Oh, my goodness. Not <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> look, Damon, look, Damon Wilson left Bowie State and came over to Morgan State. He didn't really get a chance to recruit. He had to right. take what was given to him. Morgan State is competing. They went toe-to-toe with Nebraska until, you know, late in, in, uh, in, the, in the first half. Uh, they went toe-to-toe with, with, with Townsend on yesterday. Just imagine, just sit back and put on your imagination caps. Damon Wilson with two or three recruiting classes at Morgan State. Things are changing and trending in the right direction in Baltimore. They're going to be it's thinking of her. Morgan of old. With all the fans. Man, hey, they balled yesterday. They they had opportunities to win it. Unfortunately, they couldn't, but hey, Morgan State's on their way. Oh, man. Nice, nice. Let me go to you, AD Drew. Give me a little more about this. Morgan State Townsend matchup, Drew laid, I mean, BJ laid it out there in terms of what's to come. But what were your thoughts in terms of what took place in this game? A couple key uh, things that I see is number one, 150 yards on the ground for Morgan State. You know, that's that's going to go a long way. The problem was they only had 152 yards passing, but I'll take 150 yards on the ground all day. Something else that sticks out to me. Yes, Townsend was five for five in the red zone against Morgan State. But three of those five resulted in field goals. So that shows that the Morgan State's defense being bent, but it did not break. So got some positives coming out of this. Five for 11 on third down, also another positive. Anytime you can get around 45, 50% on third down, that is something that will keep you competitive. So, yeah, like BJ said, he's playing with house money. These were the cards that were dealt to him. So you know, it's like when you playing. It's like when you playing spades. I got, I could work this. I could, I could pull, I could pull you three out, three or four out of this. You know, you don't have a Boston, but I could, I could pull you some books if if somebody else plays their cards right. That's what this Morgan State team is. He, they're going to pull you some books when when it comes to them. Yeah, they're gonna call somebody a championship in the media. That's what yeah. you're basically saying. They call you. They call you enough not to get. They got to get your beat. Championship that is right there, looking for it and think they're in position. 
They're going to go down to Morgan State Bears and they're going to be like, what if on the season? I'm going to stick with you, Drew, because I want to get into Daytona Beach, Florida. Number two, South Carolina State Bulldogs at Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. They didn't look too good as they went down to Central Florida. That was the FBS program, and you all tried to tell everybody that. But slow to start, maybe. Commanded that team. Defense of South Carolina State does what they do, make some plays on offense. Shaq Davis came in late to get the big play and just pull it away in the second half. Generally what I saw, but I want to know specifically, Bulldogs roll to roll win over Wildcats 33-9. What did you see in that matchup, A.D. I saw some disappointment. I thought Bethune hmm. had a good shot to beat uh, South Carolina State, especially at home, coming off. Look, they actually performed decently against University of Miami last week, especially when you compare what South Carolina State did last week. Bethune had the better performance. So I thought they would be able to take that momentum and garner that into a victory. But not so fast, my brother. The BAC still is showing that it can beat the SWAC as South Carolina State beats another another SWAC team. So uh just just one of those things that kind of kind of shocked shocked me. And it's not only the fact that they won, but they really dominated the game, it, it appears. So uh for for what four turnovers, four interceptions by Bethune. Yeah, that South Carolina State defense is back. They they and that's how Buddy Pugh likes to win. He's gonna win defensively, run the ball, throw the ball up to Shaq Davis once we get it close. He's taller than everybody else, he's got better hands than everybody else. Let him catch the ball down there in the red zone. South Carolina State has the formula. That was the formula and the recipe. I wondered if anybody noticed. I gave a little love to the Miak. I got my Miak shirt. It's one and one on the season. The next matchup will feature South Carolina State and FAMU for the third one. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes as we get into it. Brian, sticking with you, a little more about this uh, Daytona Beach, uh, South Carolina State, Bethune, Cookman uh, matchup. What's your thoughts on this before we go into our last major division game out of the SWAC, which ended up being a out-of-the-conference game? Uh, what were your thoughts in terms of the Bulldogs and the Wildcats? Well, listening to Drew, he must have forgot he picked South Carolina State in our show. He's all sympathetic to Bethune. I'm the one that picked Bethune. I'm the one that put myself out there. My only loss of the weekend was Bethune. Right? Come on now. Right. I'm, so look, I mean, that's the first look. This this, this uh, six of the last seven times that these two teams have played have all been one score games. Uh, so to see South Carolina State, both teams got their tails whooped the week before. So to see them go on the road and win by 20, 20 something, um, it's too early to do all the correct math. That's pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> BJ Davis. B.J. Davis, look, we haven't heard that name in a minute. Uh, five, ta- uh, five tackles, but he also had, what, two interceptions, had a 57-yard uh, touchdown. Nine- so, look, he had a 57-yard return, and then he had a 40-something yard. He had, like, 90, 94 yards on two returns. You uh, thought he was playing offense, wide receiver or something. Running back, I- I'm telling you, he, 
Hey, he's making a play for um, – uh, let me see. What conference are they on? The MEAC Defensive Player of the Week. I, I had to remember what conference. I almost said SWAT, but that might go to somebody else. Don't start that. Don't start that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I don't know. But, the, look, I, 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 hate to, I hate to talk about hot seats, but uh, there's a couple of – couple of coaches that that might be on some hot seats I, i'm just saying two weeks in i know i know i know but uh there's there's a guy in your neck already the starting the hot seat can we yes get yes yes the quarter and semester we hey, can't look. take our first exam yet no good we point, got good point mid, midterm first quarter midterm grades are out and i'm already nervous for a couple of coaches, that's all I'm gonna say. That this that you could get that W and get a and get a partial refund right now if you decide to drop this class. That's what we're at right now, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. I see it. Swag game of the week featured uh, Swag going up against the WAC. number five Prairie View and Panthers in the HBC fall to one and one. Abilene Christian uh, goes to two and zero, oh, one and zero oh in a conference race in the WAC over there. B.J. Jones, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? I mean, Prairie View came out like gangbusters. Um, mm-hmm. They came out, man. They were able to um, establish the run. Hey, Connolly looked a lot better throwing the football this week. Uh, you know, a lot of people talked about uh, Prairie View not completing the pass on last week. Uh, he was pretty efficient on last night. Doc texted me when this, ha- when this happened, and we were watching it. That decision to go for it uh, instead of kicking the field goal to take the points, Flipped the entire momentum of this game. And from that point on, it's like Preview was almost playing catch-up. And uh, Abilene and uh, Christian pulled it out, man. But if you're Preview, man, you're thinking uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Charles, let me go to you. I see you want to get in here jump in it. I think it was just shoulda, coulda, woulda, too. Help me out, Doc. Why, why doesn't Ahmad Antoine get more carries? To, to, to me, he's one heck of a running back, but I, I just – I, think I don't know if he's. I think that's a great question when you talk about that. I think they just want to do by committee, and I think it's to a fault in terms of, as you get in the group. He's that kind of dude. Yeah, I think they want to share the rock with one of them, and I think sometimes you can get too friendly or too cute, however you want to call, uh, instead of letting them go. Go continue. Great question. Yeah, I, I mean, and then the other thing that jumps out to me with this preview uh, game and. You know, going up against uh, a whack opponent, I, 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 when I saw the score, uh, I looked and I was like, wow. You know, and I think I had questions about Prairie where they fell within the Swag West going into uh, this upcoming season. But, you know, the, 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 you're going to have to fight to take the crown away from them to me. I think they're a solid ball club. Uh, I still – have questions in regards to where the production is going to come from on the defensive side of the ball with losing uh, Jason Dumas. So I always hone in on the stats, uh, on the sacks uh, stat with regards to Prairie View, if they're getting any pressure whatsoever on the quarterback. But uh, solid ball club. I mean, you take a look, you know, Trazon Conley, a, a decent night pass, uh, threw for over 200-some-odd yards, and they ran the football. I just want to see Ahmad Antoine get more touches. I, I really think he's a dynamic player. I remember him coming out of high school and when Purdy signing. I thought that was a heck of a sign. So I, I really, you know, want to see, you know, uh, you know, a playmaker get get his hands on the ball even more. I'll tell 1876 sports and culture to make sure they send that message because I'm sure they all uh, <laughs> as they release on Tuesday. So it's a great point. 
In terms of the defense, I like the question you asked specifically on sack because defense, I think, they're solid. If you look to today uh, with Texas Southern North Texas, to give you that second indicator, uh, Texas Southern put up some points against North Texas. Now, defense is everybody's concerned at Texas Southern, and they continue to fail miserably. I don't know how else to say it, but offense woke up, which gives you some indication that Prairie View on the defensive side is solid. I think the offense kind of let them down of not being able to sustain drives in the second half. In the fourth quarter, they gave up um, some touchdowns, obviously to allow uh, Abilene Christian to get it done, but it was more on short fields. So that defense, I think, for Prairie View is going to be the calling card in regards to that. And you know the formula. They're going to want to run the ball, and, and they can make some plays there, in, here and there. But I think, as you alluded to, the West is just going to be deep. It's going to be interesting. The other thing that's going to be fascinating for me about Prairie View is I always tell people to look at the schedule. I think the schedule falls in their favor, so it's going to be interesting to see can they make it work. Obviously, they got the State Fair Classic, so they don't have to go on the road. They're comfortable with that. But guess who they have coming home? They have Alcorn State Braves in Prairie View Stadium, Panther Stadium. They have Southern in Panther Stadium. They go on the road to Alabama State, who is solid. But the question is, obviously, are they going to get the quarterback back? What does that look like? So, and then, obviously, they go to Pine Bluff. Now, Pine Bluff jumped out there, a little bit of the competition. It looks like they're going to be able to put up some points. We'll see how that goes. But just in general, a team that you would think, Prairie View has a schedule that uh, comes to in their favor. They'll see if they can make it work. That's the question mark. But to your point in regards to B.J. Jones and Charles, I think you hit it on the nail that Prairie View is going to be one that says, yeah, you have to take this from them. I think Grambling and Southern are going to be like, yeah, we want to do that. But we'll see what that looks like as the season gets going, as well as Alcorn. Um, obviously, disappointed with Tulane. But we'll get a little more into it after this last third quarter break. We'll put it in their four fingers. We'll come back, and we'll give you some key matchups to see what people want to see uh, and should look for in week number three. Stick with us after this last break. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view works itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hey, hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love, love, and who the ball, ball, ball. 
So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Lil inside HBC Sports Lab. We'll go into week three already. It's time for week three. Some things are starting to turn. We hadn't really got into the conference matchups, uh, but some of these non-conference games have been interesting. We'll see what's going on. As we get into it, B.J. Jones, what should the people be watching in your eyes in week number three? What do you got on the top of the list? Man, um, conference opener uh, for Southern uh, taking on Texas Southern. Remember a year ago in Arlington, Texas Southern did the unthinkable. They, they ended um, a two-year conference losing uh, streak and, and defeated Southern. Southern, coming off that loss to LSU, we know what that's about. Want to establish themselves in the conference. Got to get that win over Texas Southern. And then, hey, Jackson State and Grambling. We've been hearing about this game, man, uh, Deion Sanders and Hugh Jackson. Just how improved uh, is Grambling? Uh, we'll be able to see that on next week. I like the way you think one is a conference game and one of those is those non-conference conference games featuring <laughs> two big-time coaches. Man, you're talking about the top three games on the schedule for Jackson State. Wow. With that being said, let me go to you, Brian. What matchups are you looking at this weekend? Uh, I'm going to start with uh, my, my, my home, my, my sort of my, my second home, or so to speak, the uh, Battle of the Bay featuring Hampton and Norfolk State. Uh, here's Hampton that's now sitting at two and O Norfolk state. They have been beaten badly two weeks in a row. First by Marshall, then the James Madison, the rears are a little sore. Nothing would rejuvenate the fan base like a win over an unbeaten rival. So, I mean, that's going to be hopefully an interesting game. First home game of the year for Hampton. And then, uh, how about, Alcorn State traveling to McNeese State. You know, they, they let one get away from them at the beginning of the season against Stephen F. Austin. Um, you know, this McNeese State team, I mean, somebody still, we're still waiting on somebody to beat them. The 13th member of the SWAC is still holding strong. <laughs> still holding strong over the, over the conference. So, Alcorn, you know, the, the conference, once again, is on the phone calling up Coach McNair saying, hey, Coach, we got it. We got it. We got to handle business against the 13th member. So that's what I'm looking at, man. And I was going to say this and Jimmy brings it out that uh, those two opponents from Norfolk State were FBS, but not only were they FBS, they're pretty good. Ones. You may have heard about Marshall yesterday as they take it to Notre Dame and put the brother on the hot seat already. already. As we thought already. the Cinderella shoe has fell off. Um, people ready to run him off with this Honey, honeymoon's over. Honeymoon is over. Honeymoon is over. Come on, man. First set of bills that came in. And we know James Madison, as they moved up, that uh, they are very solid FBS in the Sun Belt. And credit to the Sun Belt uh, in terms of the wins they got. You know, I know they're not uh, HBCU, but that's the conference when we talk about SWAC moving from FCS to FBS. That's the one you seem to look at. It might start need to be the Conference USA because Sun Belt stock is hot ticket on the rise. Uh, if people don't realize it, just wanted to kind of slide it in in terms of those that look at those comparisons. With that being said, let me go to you, A.D. Drew. I know you love to make sure we get that mid-major look at things. What do you have on the board? What direction are you going in with some matchups to keep your eyes on? I'm going to start off with uh, Thursday night, Doc. Soon as uh, nice. Matter ba- ba- of fact, while you are on your Thursday night show, I think that'll be episode 305, 
Benedict and Savannah State will kick off on ESPN U, not plus, hey. not three, on the U. And let, let's keep something in mind. Savannah State has only one loss in the last two seasons in SIAC play. Good point. 20, 2019, they were ineligible to play for the conference championship. Right. 2021, their only loss was to Albany State. So this Benedict Savannah State matchup is Benedict for real. You know, last week we had some market correction. Now, this week, week three is like what I like to call market trends. So that'll be one game that I'm uh, uh, interested He's in. How about the market? Bulls up, bears down. Oh, <laughs> Business hey, is sport. School of Business and Industry, Florida End of University is uh, bull and bear. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. The other game that I'm looking forward to is Albany State Shorter. So we have another matchup against a Gulf South team that's an in-region matchup. Albany mm. State coming off of an impressive loss, if you can if you can use those words in the same sentence. To, I would agree with that. To Florida AM University coming off a hard fought victory against Mi- Mississippi College. Honorable mention, I gotta sneak this one in. Miles Valdosta State. What does what does Valdosta State do after that loss against a, uh, another HBCU opponent? Don't think they're gonna take Miles as lightly as they possibly may have taken Virginia Union. Man, I like the way you snuck that in, and that was an appropriate one because that's a good one to keep our eyes on. And I agree with you. Albany State went down to FAMU and had Charles, as he said, look out because they scored first and seven zero, and you was like, uh oh. <laughs> and if mm. FAMU true to their case, they woke up. Got it down in the last score with Albany was really late in the game where it was cosmetic. So in terms of the second quarter and the second half of the game, fam, you dominated and got it done against a very solid Auburn State team that I'm sure came in there thinking they can win it, especially after their first four, uh, but could not get it done. Saving the best for last, my colleague on the regular show, Charles Bishop, what you have your eyes on this weekend. Oh, this, upcoming, this upcoming weekend, definitely. Uh, Southern Texas Southern up there in Dallas. I think that's going to be a huge one. Uh, like BJ mentioned, Texas Southern, they, they got that win last year. And for a brief moment, you know, it, it breathed uh, a whole lot of life into that Texas Southern football program. Uh, but you got some interesting matchups. I, I like Jared Sims as a running back for Southern and Ladarius Owens for Texas Southern. And then Andrew Body and Bashar McCray. That's going to be uh, interesting matchups, to, uh, to individual matchups to watch with that game. And then Grambling Jackson State. Uh, you know, Grambling has a history of going to Jackson and punching Jackson State in the mouth. Uh, I talk about the rebirth of Grambling football came at Jackson State's suspense. You know, the year after they didn't show up for homecoming, they came back the following year and popped them in the nose. So uh, there's a special sort of something for Jackson State fans when they see Grambling come to town. They want that win more than anything. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a good go with Hugh Jackson and, and Coach Prime. Uh, getting on. Uh, Eddie Eddie George has transformed that Tennessee State team and Coach Prime, uh, he complimented him extensively in terms of what uh, Tennessee State has done from year one to year two. So we'll see what happens with Hugh Jackson Grandma. A couple of more great points you make there, Charles. A couple of more of those HBCU, HWCUs, HWCUs, I should say. Austin P at Alabama AM. and And I like these matchups because they're at home. So one, you'd like to find a way to get it done, but you got to make them competitive. And these are some strong teams coming in. Austin Peay is coming in at 2-1. and one. Then you got Incarnate Word coming in at 2-0 and oh to Prairie View, another home game for the HBCU. Um, 
So those are the ones that kind of just have me having one eye trying to figure out what does that look like uh, in terms of those matchups. So I think all the ones you named were very solid in terms of what that looks like. Shot sneak out for the SIEC MEAC game with Morris, Morehouse and Howard, you know, all those uh, money uh, fans out there with those big time and private degrees, you know how they're going to feel about that in New York. So that's going to be interesting to see what that looks like. You got Sacred Heart coming to Morgan State, another one of those matchups for the HBCU is at home. So that's something to keep your eyes on in terms of what that looks like um, uh, in terms of where you're going there. So that's another one I'd say keep on uh, on your toes to see where you're going there. And so I'm so interested in those matchups. That'll do it for us today. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for getting up Sunday morning with us to get your update in terms of what took place on Saturday, sneaking some of those Thursday, Friday games, if you would, as well. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop, along with Brian, A.D., and B.J. Check out B.J. He's coming up. His show is going to be coming and starting pretty soon. Are you dropping it today or next week, B.J. Jones? When are you going to get back on the mic and share the love with the people? Man, I got an announcement coming um, coming about the show, man. I'm going to drop on your show next Sunday. Nice, nice. See what we do on Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Check out Brian and AD of the Sports Wrap. They'll drive it home for you tonight to make sure you get some updates. Obviously, we're going to do a, a special edition of HBCU Game Time today, so stick with us on that. The pregame show, you see what they're going to do, and I, everybody couldn't quite catch the game as they're trying to figure it out. So you show better turn into the pregame as they're going to give you some highlights that you can't get anywhere else, and you couldn't get this game, generally speaking, which is a whole nother question and concern. We might talk about that a little bit down the road in terms of what that was about, but I can see why even more now Jackson State is taking their ball and going home. We'll see what that means for everybody else. Uh Download my JB and my BCSN. Make sure you check out the ONG Strike Zone on Wednesday. Carlos Brown, as he gave a great show yesterday on Saturdays. We have you uh, locked up and ready for the whole entire week. Make sure you check out my BCSN, my JBN, as we give you all the work. Again, we thank you for listening to Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. We might watch Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. and then Sunday at 9 a.m. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. We'll drop that poll ranking on Tuesday and then the marching sport poll ranking on Thursday. Follow me, Dr. Kenyattaville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Great dialogue going on over there. Facebook and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab. I broke down some of the conversation about why this game uh, the class and game was not on television. So go check that out. And then I was a guest lecturer at the University of Texas. I dropped some pictures in terms of how that went down, and I showed up and showed out as I talked about the other side of the track, looking into the Dion Prime effect, gave you some information there. I'll be bringing more and more of that. Dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Horse. Brian? Lecture. A.G.? It's Smith. Well, DJ Jones, tell him what to do. I'll watch y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs>